Hello, and welcome to Her Return, a podcast devoted to returning to your feminine essence through embodiment practices, sensual explorations, and unifying the feminine and masculine energies within. I'm your host, Lindsay Curtis. Mm, I am so excited for today's episode. Today, I'm taking the time to sit down with my dear friend, Emily. Emily is a midwife who lives and works in England. She is a hypnobirth teacher and dream birth practitioner and has a special interest in supporting women and couples to prepare better for pregnancy and birth so that they can feel more confident, safe, and empowered in whatever path they choose. It is her vision and honor to support the emergence of little people into this world who are healthy, conscious, and happy. Emily, I'm so excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you for saying yes and being here with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be invited to speak with you today. (laughs) Awesome. So my um, desire and intention is that whether we're birthing or not, we were all born. (laughs) We all came in through birth. And so I thought it'd be super great to have you come on here as a practicing midwife to open up about birth for us. As we know, like birth imprints us and creates a certain trajectory of our lives sometimes actually, how we come in to the world. And I find it super interesting as I work with people and women, supporting women primarily, but also as I'm supporting women more and more in preparing for conception and in birth itself. So I'm super excited to have your expertise and um, really looking forward to our conversation. So to get us started, I would love to hear a little bit about little Emily and what the beginning of your life kind of gave you as a certain platform and foundation into your work, or, or perhaps it has nothing to do with your work today. <laughs> yeah, so my life has taken me on quite a few um, journeys abroad and in all different places and cultures. And in all honesty, my interest in birth really came to the forefront of my consciousness about eight years ago when my little niece was born. Um, Prior to that, I was working with autistic children and my work was all about connection and deep respect and unconditional love for people who have a lot of challenges in this world. And I can see as I'm working now as a midwife in birth, it's so much of that is mirrored in in what I do with women. Um, There's so many challenges and amazing things that go on through pregnancy and birth. Um, and it's it's all about the connection with themselves, with their caregiver, which is so wonderful. So yeah, I've I've had so many different experiences in life that I feel very blessed to have had. I trained in psychology initially, so that has always had me interested in what makes people make the choices they do and the effect of the environment and our inner world as well, which has led me to do a lot of work now with working on the subconscious level with women um, and people who want to change their lives and make decisions that are more in line with their higher self. But I'm, I'm from a large family. I, I can um, <laughs> definitely give a lot of credit to my amazing mother who had six children <laughs> all very naturally. I was born at home in about 20 minutes. And I think that certainly imprinted on me. Apparently the midwife barely had time to put her gloves on. It was a snowstorm outside and um, or freezing fog, something that prevents her from getting to the, the hospital she told the doctors but actually she had every intention of <laughs> not going in that night <laughs> um, but I think for sure that has that has 
help me to understand that birth is a very normal, natural, physiological part of being human. But I'm also fortunate to know as well that a lot of people don't have um, that experience or want that experience. And so um, that rounded view, I've spent a lot of time in different birth centres and hospitals. So um, yeah, it's interesting where where life takes me and I'm definitely still learning so you call me an expert but I feel that I'm very much evolving and learning from the women I meet even the students I work with at the moment it's just such a an honor mm, I love that yes and I, I love this word expertise actually because it just means experienced yeah and, and everything that you're talking about you're coming from your direct experience so I love that and so actually you were uh, an unassisted birth almost if the almost yeah, I think my uncle passed out almost um, <laughs> in the next room. <laughs> but yes, yeah, my mum, I was number four and she was very confident in her ability. She just trusted herself, which is what I try and help women to go back to if that's the sort of birth they want. And either way, for them to trust and know that they're free to do what they choose. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Mm, okay, so to give our listeners just some clarity, as you are a midwife, and there's differences around the world as far as what a midwife actually is and what they're able to do, can you please set the framework for us um, where you are in England and maybe a little bit about what you know about the world? Yeah, so of course, we're in England, we're really fortunate. Midwifery is a very highly respected profession. I find when I, you know, I speak to people and time and time again they're just like wow that is such an amazing incredible role and it's true that what we you know we've always got these two precious lives in our hands which is quite unique for a profession to always have that safety and that care at the forefront we're always 10 step ahead of where where we need to be um as midwives and so i think that um, we are we are really lucky. The training in England is very good for midwives here. Although we do have a huge shortage, we we work incredibly hard to fill those gaps, and um, women have very good care. It is one of the safest places to have babies in the world. Unfortunately, that's not the case in all countries. Um, there are even places in the country. I've spent time in um, Central America and over there. It's a very different story for some. Some of the, the the indigenous midwives are highly, highly respected. But unfortunately, some in some areas, there's midwifery isn't a registered profession. So were you to choose to birth with a midwife in your home or even want to have a midwife in your hospital, that wouldn't be a possibility without legal ramifications at the in the background. Um, but there's a huge movement to get more midwives around the world. We know from science, from research and from women's experience that having a midwife makes birth safer for mm -hmm. you and the baby. You have a more empowered experience generally. A lot of women choose to free birth, which is absolutely wonderful. But should they choose to have someone, um, we, we do make a huge difference to them um so yeah it's, it's interesting because i've spent time in birth centers in i was in the states last year and i went up to colorado and north carolina to see what they had going on and the cultural challenges there um, are very different from what we face that it's very difficult to get the reputation and where doctors are very much the obs and gynees are definitely play a, a larger role and i've also i used to live in africa so that's that's where my heart lives and i have birthed this amazing birth center in kenya and they're doing such wonderful things to offer women an alternative to hospital birth to provide midwifery-led care um, that's very safe 
from their outcomes, which is really, really exciting. And there's, there's many, many people all over the world doing it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes. And for me, I mean, I'm American. I grew up in America. And so to hear you say also about your experience of being in America and seeing and feeling the big difference between white coat <laughs> authority and actually the midwifery, it's, it's very, very stark. And I've been reading a lot of books actually lately about specifically the American model of birth and the industrialization of it. And it's quite mm-hmm. shocking. So I love that um, here in England. And I think, well, it varies. I think it varies starkly throughout Europe as far as how midwives are able to not do, but I guess be respected in and yeah. chosen. Mm. Very interesting. Did you grow up in Africa or oh, you said? You- I, yeah, so I went there when I was seven as a kid, which was really wonderful. My um, uh, father and mom took us out there, uh, six kids. We were sort of trundled out there and had an amazing life. Um, yeah, I was not happy to come back to England, but I've made my peace very much. I love it. I love it here now, but I think nothing quite compares to going on little holidays at the half turn to go and see the elephants and the the lions a few miles down the road. So (laughs) yeah, it's it's a wonderful continent. And what comes up for me is, did you ever see uh, animals birthing when you were there? Have you seen wild animals birth? I haven't, to be honest. That's a really interesting one. No, but we, when I was um, younger than that, we had sheep and we, they, I would watch them birth. I, that was the first birth I saw, actually, a sheep in our field and it eating the placenta. And I, was, I remember my mum talking me through how just that's what they did. And that was so normal. And it was fascinating to me. And it, we were all stepped completely back, letting the animal get on. And that's one of the biggest messages um, for birthing, you know, it's, it's one of the rarest things to have a physiological undisturbed birth these days. It's all, almost on the verge of becoming extinct for humans, you know, and to um, look at how animals do it can really remind us and get to our core of how can we replicate that and bring that back into what we do and how we are and how we're treated in birth. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Great. And you've mentioned that birth is a feminist issue, and I completely agree. And at the same time, it's really complex because we have such imprints of patriarchy in us on the conscious mm-hmm. and subconscious levels. So even when we're trying to make a clear decision about birth and about pregnancy, um, how, what can you put into the conversation as far as rights in childbirth and how a woman preparing for her birth may exercise her birthing rights in the most holistic and um, empowering way? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I think I could talk for hours on this as could many of my colleagues and friends. And it's, it's a huge issue because the way we birth today and the, the options we have, be it in a hospital birth or otherwise, the culture has very much moved from women birthing in the way that they want to to often being on their back and having having people make choices for them which in all with all due respect that you know we do trust our healthcare providers um, but unfortunately when you sort of look at it quite deeply a lot of the motivations behind the way in which we encourage women to birth these days um, has its roots in 
in this medicalization of birth and the patriarchy, often very, very difficult time restraints. So do we do we make time to have those conversations of informed choice um, and we get into these habits? So I think something to remember in England, I know this much is that we have very, very good protection legally, which is really exciting. And there's wonderful groups such as Birthrights that really, really help us. So if you have any questions or need any support, there are fantastic group to go to. But unfortunately, what we see in practice is that often it's fear of litigation, but ourselves as healthcare providers can get in the way of, of really helping women to exercise these rights. Um, that, you know, we have a right to choose absolutely where we give birth. Um, and, you know, there's conversations very often in the workplace if someone wants, you know, wants to have a birth, a home birth, for example, outside of guidelines and the impact that that would have on the care provider, the baby and the woman. And we need to remember that the woman has the right to maternity care that respects her dignity, her right to uh, make choices about her own birth. And as the as the professional, how do we then prepare ourselves for these for these moments and put our fears to one side, our fears that something might go wrong and realise that actually it's only when we act out of negligence we are legally kind of questionable should something go wrong. But other than that, we absolutely need to support the woman to have her birth in whatever way she chooses to, even if it goes against everything we believe in. As a midwife, one of the foundational cornerstones is support and non-prejudice um, and really respecting people for their individual choice. And so I love having these conversations because reminding us as women and having those conversations with other people who have gone through similar things and even those who think very differently to ourselves it's about that sisterhood of coming together and realizing that it's choice and for feminists for, for that it's it's all about choice for me and freedom whatever that is mm. that's the feminist issue when it comes to birth really wow there's like this um real i feel just this such this strong energy of protectress for the freedom mm-hmm and our own creative choices for this journey of however we desire to experience it with our bodies. because actually I love yeah it's Michael Odent that says there's only two people involved that are necessary for birth it's the mother and the baby everyone else is extra to the scene <laughs> it's like and exactly the model it's it's often the opposite yeah and it's very interesting you know I recently heard someone say what if what if every time you touched a woman in labor, you had to seek her permission? Yes. Oh my God. And it's such a simple thing. And you think that you're always getting consent, but if everyone always did that, the power would be so much more with the woman. She'd have that opportunity to ask the questions and say, actually, just wait a moment or whatever it was for her in that time. Because although we do have emergencies, usually there's a little bit of time, even in those situations. Um, and it just it just makes you think like we 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 overstep the boundaries so much and we really are undisturbed birth as much as we can or creating an environment that really supports the hormones. And we can talk about that in a little while because that's so so important. Um, yeah, I just think that's a huge huge food food for thought for myself for others and for women. Like you know, set that up for yourself. That's yeah, that's so important. Thank you so much. <laughs> what um so in my feminine embodiment yoga 
that I teach in practice, I never touch someone without their permission. And so even the women that I've been practicing with years now, I'm still every time like, is it okay if I touch you here? And I give them a heads up and it, what it does to the nervous system and then this empowered choice. So then to, yes, as a practitioner, how can we just make that the standard? In- mm-hmm. It's true. Anytime I don't, I rarely go to other yoga classes or other circumstances, but when somebody touches me and they don't ask me, it's a shock. Yeah. If you think about that, and, and then if you think if you're in labor, labor, you've got your legs up, you've got people walking in and out of the room. I mean, it, it's, there's, there's, you know, this funny sort of um, scenario you can imagine. Um, what would you do if someone asked you to do a poo in a bucket in the middle of a room with a crowd around you? You, you wouldn't be able to do it, you know, and I know um, a birth worker who does that as part of her antenatal classes. She puts a bucket in the middle of the room and asks one of the guys to go and see if he can go to the toilet you know and, and they're like what are you asking me to do this is ridiculous but that's exactly what we're asking women to do one of the most primal sensitive vulnerable things they've ever done in their life and powerful to to do it in front of so many people who may not have asked to come in the room or you know be there it's 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 really important this is powerful stuff and it imprints them and it affects their journey um yeah it's it's I'm so excited that you're you know you're doing that in your work even mm-hmm. even in yoga and that's that's it's, it's about getting that respect integrated into women as part of daily life and that's where we need to begin we need to begin with the children and yeah yes 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 generations coming through and it's also for me how can we be in contact with this primal part of ourselves? so as a birthing professional uh, what advice would you give to a woman that is desiring a really empowered and free birth, a primal experience? Mm. Whether she has outside support or not, that's not really the question. It's how would I set myself up to have that experience? Yeah. So I think to to start with, we as little kids, you know, till the age of seven, that's where we, we observe the world. We're very much in the brave brainwave called theta at that point um, which is where hypnosis happens and so it's it's such a wonderful survival development that if you're in that space you're going to learn how to understand the culture and you're going to learn very quickly how to interact with those in your village who you who you know your food um, you know are you living in a in a fearful environment or one where you can relax a lot and it will affect all of the responses in your body and what we need to remember going as adults is that this actually runs many of our subconscious programs. In fact, psychologists think that 95% of what we do when we're adults is subconscious. And it's that those learned experiences. So have we as children or later on been exposed to positive birth experiences, positive birth stories? I know, for example, in England, we've got the worst breastfeed breastfeeding rates in the world which is very surprising but we just don't see it um we don't really and so it sort of perpetuates this um culture of i don't really know what it looks like it's very much a learned behavior breastfeeding is from both the mother and the baby um and so translating this into if you want a free and empowering birth you need to actually possibly not work hard at it but um, get to a place where you no longer need to work hard at it. And for me, <laughs> if that makes sense, for me, that's going really deeply. Yeah. 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 It's going into those subconscious programs that we have and transforming those, repairing those. 
Um, and there's wonderful ways you can do this, many, many different ways. And also just, just surrounding yourself by positive birth stories. Um, so I do a lot of imagery and as I um, Lindsay said, I'm a dream birth practitioner. And so for me, that's helping women explore the fears and the anxieties and the beliefs that they already hold um, and helping them to transform those so that they're in a place where actually they do believe that their body can give birth naturally um, and they have that strength and they can draw on that strength. Um, we've got so much media at the moment and always throughout the world where it's very dramatic to have a baby and things usually go wrong and people love telling you their negative birth stories as well um, and I think those who have great birth stories often feel bad talking about them because they're like wow this was this is pretty precious but I feel guilty because you know my neighbor is really struggling right now and I don't want to make her feel even worse mm -hmm. so there, there's definitely a change of culture we've got this wonderful movement called the positive birth movement who's which is giving peer-to-peer -peer support to help women have these conversations so that's a great group you can go to at least in England mm -hmm. um, so positivity and really getting to the, the subconscious um, beliefs that you have is really important mm -hmm. um, developing new habits surrounding your perspective of birth and your body's capabilities mm -hmm. I also feel that being educated um, is a really interesting topic because there's if you do fully trust your body knowing your choices and options might not be necessary because you're going to have that strength and that empowerment to do what's always right for you but I feel most of us aren't there um, and that's totally normal and natural and I think to have yourself equipped with the education of one how your body actually functions and works as a woman it's just incredible and it's eye-opening and a lot of women don't realize like how amazing their body is um, and the nuances and the the chemistry and how everything can unfold and whether you can have an orgasmic birth and what you what your possibilities are but also to educate yourself on the culture of where you may find yourself um, those conversations you might be having with your care provider of depending on any complications you have or any specific choices, they might want to guide you in a certain direction. And so knowing the evidence or requesting the evidence and being able to weigh that up with your own intuition and your own um, understanding of yourself um, and what's best for you. But there's, there's a lot of ways that you can prepare. Um, and I mean, in England, we're moving towards having midwives who support you throughout your journey so from when you first get pregnant all the way till postnatally to breastfeeding and be you know around that stage including the birth um, and I think that's going to make a very big difference to how you move through the journey because you're going to have someone who respects and understands you at every point and is familiar and can be your advocate which is what midwives are um, so if you at that moment you don't have a midwife who can be with you for the whole journey then maybe consider a doula who can be your advocate as, as well as your birth partner um, and signpost you to information that might help you um, but I think above all is get in touch with your body yes I, I would say that that is the biggest thing get in touch with your body um, know what's important to you connect with your baby they're so wise honestly 
um, it's so fun when I when I take women for the first time to a visualization exercise where they visualize their baby inside and they make eye contact and the tears of joy and the the revelations that they have of like wow I've got this baby that actually you know has opinions and you know is here because they want to be here and is growing and developing and beginning that, you know, even if it's just for fun, you're playing around, have it, have this kind of childlike attitude. Um, and it's, it's going to help you lighten up and, and become an integral part of the journey of the two of you together, mm. which you can then take forward. It's, it's so much fun. Yes, yes, yes. And the importance also of this developing the relationship with baby throughout yeah. Also, I feel it gives so much trust and um, confidence in the ability to do the dance of birth in whatever way we end up choosing when that is time. But when we know like it's a being and we're co-participating in this process, I feel like there's a big lightening to the situation. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And, you know, we've got so much science to back it up that, you know, babies can hear, you know, from even as early as 18 weeks in, as a fetus, you know, there's, and, and potentially before that, you know, when you, when you look at the, how we communicate through the ethers, uh, we're so much more energy than, matter really um there's yeah it's it's really 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 amazing i love it mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've been speaking with one of our child one of our babies for about four years now and it's just hilarious to get to know the personality in this other being and um yeah anyway <laughs> that sounds like so much fun <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about imagery and of course on the podcast um, in episode number four of this podcast we talked to Claudia Raken who we both have trained with or are training with have trained with um, for dream birth and mm -hmm. and you had also mentioned hypnobirthing so actually what is the difference between because uh, I've never experienced hypnosis or hypnobirth um, so I'm wondering how they relate to one another and what what are your insights on when you use one tool versus the other mm. yeah so hypnobirth is sort of like a package I mean I teach it um, as a complete antenatal package so you not only get the hypnobirth the guided visualizations but also understanding about the body and um, the hormones and how to prepare for labor when if you look at the visualization aspect of it which i think is the most similar to dream birth um so dream birth is a series of for those of you who haven't heard the other podcasts it's a series of um visualization exercises using imagery that taps into all of the senses um, as you close your eyes and you bring up images from your subconscious and your memories and they're usually quite quick and short about three three minutes long they can be a bit longer, um, but they enable you to very quickly see what images your body already stores about your experiences, your beliefs, any kind of fears you may have, any, any memories, things like that. And you can quite quickly see them, repair them and move forwards and really truly create the birth of your dream. So you, you get to see the dream that you, you want. Um, and it's not about having a birth with dolphins off the coast of Hawaii. You know, when, when I talk about, you know, people are like the dream birth, what is the dream birth? And it's, it's not your dream birth might be having an elective cesarean section and being able to see your baby 
um, and hold it skin to skin or, not, or you know, have it dried first before some, some women don't want to have that. And um, for me, it's about you being able to understand what is the what is the ultimate birth experience for you and your higher self and that coming together and you merging as that one and creating that, co-creating that consciously. On the other side, with hypnobirth, we, there's some wonderful visualizations. They're not as focused, I would say, with um, dream birth. We had have you know, hundreds of different ones for very specific things to move the body in different ways, um, to focus on different areas, like different anxieties. The visualizations in hypnobirth are very much about relaxing, getting yourself to a state where you're... Um, your oxytocin levels are going up. You're entering that theta brainwave that I spoke about before where you're suggestible to new ideas. And so through habit, you can create new beliefs through that. So I am powerful. My body can birth. I would say that the, the biggest thing that for me sets them apart is that with dream birth, you can actually quite quickly repair, quite quickly move forwards. Um, with hypnobirth, it's, it's repetitive. It's sort of which it is with dream birth, you need to instill a new habit, but it's sort of trying to create more relaxation and more depth in that way. Whereas I think there's, there's more potential perhaps if you wanted to go deeper into what birth really could be for you, that it's a very, um, for, for some women, it's, it's a time in their lives where they want to go very deep mm-hmm. and really transform some, some things that have been going on their whole lives even. And it's, and it's beautifully gentle so whatever you can deal with will, will come up and, and you're never going to have to go above and beyond what you're, you're capable of. So, yeah, they're both wonderful, wonderful tools. So, yeah, I think it's they're both worth um, looking into for ways of preparing if that's what you're um, interested in. But I think everyone has their own their own passions. and They know their body and they know their mind and what's going to work for them. Definitely. Definitely. And also it's about how deep do I want to go? Do I want to like really engage in this transformative process? And sometimes it can, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot it of, is. <laughs> but it's awesome and it's exciting, but for me, cause I love it, but everybody doesn't love it. And so it's like- absolutely. And some people just want to get on with it and just get to the birth and get on and they can have incredible births and that's absolutely perfect for them. So, yeah. So let's dive into our emotions and how our emotions and feelings either interfere with or support the process of birth. And then also I'd love to hear a little bit more um, of the science regarding our hormonal system and how that relates to a natural kind of birth progression or also what stalls it. Yeah, so understanding the body is is really key here. and. Um, we are very much affected by our external environment as birthing women, but also our internal environment. And hormones are very key in the unfolding of birth mm-hmm. and in so many of our womenly processes. Um, and it's very interesting when you look into the hormones of birth, they mirror those of sex. And so how you get the baby in is the same as how you can get the baby out. So oxytocin, so it's really, it's fun when you think about that. And, and I know people have had orgasmic births um, and I'm not for a minute suggesting that everyone should or, or will have an orgasmic birth, but it's it's something that when people have, you know, you can, you can see why and how transformative that can be for them. Um, <laughs> so creating environments where oxytocin is gonna be highest 
is going to help you have really powerful effective surges to help move the baby down and we try and replicate that in hospitals if the woman for whatever reason has a, a birth that apparently needs to be sped up or um the baby to be born faster and so we use a, a, a similar hormone but it doesn't do the same thing it, it what it does is it can change the way that you naturally release endorphins so actually it can make um labor a little harder as well so just um that's quite interesting to know it's, it's kind of like an orchestra if you if you can get pitocin. yes pitocin yeah we call it syntocin in in england but yeah it's exactly the same thing and it's very common a lot of a lot of women will have that and so it's um if you can if you're having that how can you raise your oxytocin levels even higher so um we we although we feel safe in hospitals subconsciously often bright lights um lack of privacy (laughs) (laughs) i know if only hey And um, all the, there's, there's different things that can make you um, trigger this fight or flight condition that we have that so beautifully can stop labor when we need it. Like, you know, as primal beings, if we were going to be attacked by a tiger, we need to stop labor or very, very quickly have that baby right now, which, which it can happen in both ways, but usually it stalls. Um, and exactly the same process has happened when you walk through the hospital doors. Even if we think we're, oh wow, we're in the safest place, we know that we're going to be taken care of. It's it's the 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 our very primal being knows bright lights, all of these like talking. And so it's looking at that little kitten having a having the being born in a wardrobe, um, very dark, very quiet, created a little nest. Can we create that in whatever space we're in? And I believe you can to some extent for sure. Um, so the the emotion of fear creates different neurotransmitters to be released. Um, and this creates different hormones and glands to be activated. And this it has a knockdown effect, it cascades down through the body until you get to the through the tissues, the organs. Um, and it has quite a direct effect on the uterus in terms of stopping oxytocin and adrenaline can have the opposite effect of contracting the uterus down um, and just stalling labor altogether. So knowing the science of how the body actually works can be really helpful for you for for taking a very proactive approach to how do I want my labor to go? Um, Little things like taking in, um, you know, some dim lights into, you know, little candles into the hospital, obviously probably not allowed the actual ones in the flames. Um, but like even a pillow that smells familiar, you're going to start creating these these senses in your body that you're okay. I'm here. I'm actually feeling safe. And also knowing that your body, your brain doesn't know the difference between imagined fear or real fear is helpful as well. So yeah, exactly. So the interesting thing is that our bodies don't know the difference between imagined fear and real fear. So we're going to have exactly the same effect on our hormones if we just have a momentary thought of, I'm really scared about this, or if you've actually got something scary going on for you. Um, and having the ability to change this thought you have as soon as it happens um, through creating really positive habits in pregnancy that I am powerful my body is able to birth naturally you can just bring those back in you can trigger your body to creating more oxytocin and let this adrenaline reduce 
um, and get yourself back very quickly into that harmonious state, which, which is so wonderful. We have so much, I don't know if power is the best word, but I think it might be just so much conscious ability to really, really be the pilot in this, in this unfolding amazing process called birth yes 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 and it is so powerful so so powerful if we breathe through it if we keep on going you know all the 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 fears that are going to come up in any sort of transformational big life experience which becoming a mother is a huge transformational experience birthing a baby (laughs) it still like boggles my mind i I um I saw my first birth actually I was 17 and um it was my best friend at the time and it was in the hospital and it was um it was very very interesting experience best birth control ever <laughs> for <a> seven- <laughs> totally <laughs> I remember I just started crying like I saw his head first and it was the most amazing experience and since that moment every time I see a birth whether it be a video or I hear a birthing story or I read a birthing story in a book, I cry. <laughs> it's the most powerful, insanely divine and human and primal and ecstatic experience. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just amazing. And, and the first birth I attended was actually um, only eight years ago. As, as a as a human birth apart from my own obviously <laughs> um and and it was on a really interesting date you know for those those of you who are interested it was on the 12th of the 12th of the 12th and it was it was very um it was a very beautiful uh natural water birth mm-hmm. and I got such an oxytocin high I was just like I need to be around this more often and that was my driving force that was that was the reason I became a doula I was like these women kick ass and I just need to be around them more often. It wasn't something I've planned since I was three, um, which, you know, most midwives have. And I wish, you know, (laughs) I'd have had that, you know, imprinting because it probably would have helped me even more today. But um, yeah, it's, it is such an incredible feat of like engineering of um, psychology, like every part of it is, is just amazing. And it's how we treat women throughout the experience that is so important like in England um actually I think this is across the world 14% of women have severe fear of giving birth Mm. and for many of those it's um enough to stop them actually giving birth at all and it's it's such a passion of mine to completely overturn this for women who want to go deeper and to explore to get to a place of complete surrender trust um, and and knowing that and and they're going to give birth in a way that they're they're in control and and they realize you know it's it's natural. However, the baby comes out, um, yeah, to to have more freedom. Mm, so good. Oh, this is so so rich. And um, let's see, what else is it that we can touch upon? Oh, I'm feeling so full, actually. <laughs> yeah, we've covered a lot. <laughs> we really covered a lot and um so as we begin to tie tie up any loose ends is there any last bit of birthing wisdom that you would like to impart upon us today Mm, i think the biggest thing is just trust yourself Mm. and take those take a take a minute even just a minute once a day to connect with your baby and if you create that habit and, and whether that's just just holding your belly and just saying, I'm here, you know, just whatever it is, have a little dance around, just begin to develop that 
that bond that you have and I I promise you it's gonna radically change who you realize you are your baby and and your journey forwards Mm, awesome so beautiful thank you Emily tell us now where we can connect with you um okay so I I have a website emilyhouseman.com um which you guys can can find me on I work um with people in my local area but I also do Skype as well or Zoom so I love connecting with people across the pond or anywhere else um and you can email info at emilyhouseman.com um yeah I'd love to hear from any of you who are interested in finding out more but you know I I my hope for you is that you have a wonderful midwife in your local area and a wonderful little village of other people who are going to help you as you enter parenthood because it, it takes a village as you hear all the time it really takes a village to have a baby so yeah I'm just so so grateful that you've had me on today Lindsay it's been an absolute pleasure oh the pleasure is mine <laughs> it's so expanded and such awesome little spirals of light coming through so thank you thank you thank you oh you're so welcome and I'll be including links below wherever this is posted mm. See you soon. I'm Lindsay Curtis. You've been listening to Her Return, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Please subscribe and review this podcast wherever you are listening. And if you've received some insights about birthing process and empowered birth, I'd love to hear from you and what you're taking away from today's episode. So leave us a comment where you are listening and share this with any beautiful pregnantly women (laughs) or women planning to give birth soon. Until next time.